How can you be part of a religious community that straight up denies Sometimes science it feels or like sees the church it as suspicious? Trying to hold the church seems to be stuck in their ways when the rest of the Why are they so obsessed with keep trying to give answers, I would but they never don't even be a part of a church that is not welcoming the church is the most vocal political voice against immigration. Some churches still don't want to claim that worship was the actual the church seems to be stuck in ways when the rest of the like, culture how is that actually it seems like so much of the church is concerned with being a good anti-critical they are being homophobic too narrow judgmental disconnected from what is truly happening in the real world <sighs> the church needs therapy welcome to the next episode of the church needs therapy this is an episode called Growing into the Future Without Being Angry at the Past. So let me begin with a couple questions. How do we grow into the future without being angry at the past? Or being angry at those people who we see as being stuck in the past? How do we own our own journey of transformation without constantly being frustrated with those who still think the same? How can we speak the full truth of what we see and where we are without using our ability, without losing our ability to respect the full humanity of those who we might who, who we might see as getting in the way of progress? Because here's the thing, let's start with this. When it comes to growth and change and people with different views on reality and humanity and how the universe works, think about it like this. People usually look ahead with fear and people usually look back with disdain. Right? So the people who are here are looking at those who, who, who see themselves as ahead. And who I would see in many cases are ahead in terms of the way they see reality as more complex, more evolved, more inclusive, etc. So the people look forward with fear because they don't understand it. But the people who have grown and who have moved on from previous stages tend to look back with disdain or contempt or in a condescending way or sometimes even disgust. So people usually look ahead with fear because they don't understand. And the people who are ahead look back with disdain because you can't believe that they still see the world like this. So think about the disdain. What you see as a view of reality that's getting wider and more expansive and is growing and evolving, others might see as you going off course. Think about it if there's a straight line like a road with clear boundaries on each side. And if some people have a view of reality that says the goal is to stay on this path forever. When you see the road as getting wider and wider, where you're like, no, it gets bigger and wider and better than this. And your view of reality reflects that and things are getting more expansive and you're growing and you're so excited. What you see as getting wider, they see as you going off course. Because for you, the course is the, the boundaries, the course, the course, the road itself is getting wider. But they say, no, the boundaries are the same. So anytime you go beyond that, you're actually losing your way. So sometimes 
what others might see as a loss in the foundation of your faith, you see as God inviting you to the future of your faith. So because you don't think the same way, believe the same things, or see God or people the way you used to, others say, wow, can you believe it? They're losing their faith. It's as if they believe you're losing the foundation of what it means to be Christian or to be a loving person. But you say, no, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think the same way, but I'm not losing the foundation of my faith. I'm being drawn into the future of my faith. They're looking forward with fear. And then sometimes what you might see as a refusal to grow, if people are stuck in the same place, they see as themselves standing up for the truth. We all see those people. What you see is, no, you've been thinking the same way for 30 years. They, especially if they're Christians, say, no, I'm taking a stand for the truth. I refuse to capitulate to culture. They see a lack of change as standing up for the truth of God's word. And when you're changing, they're looking ahead with fear and they're legitimately worried about the eternal state of your soul because you're growing, right? Does this make we people look ahead with fear? But growth is a good thing, right? We have to be able to acknowledge that change is a good thing, not just in a personal sense of I'm becoming more free, more kind, more compassionate, but no, my view of reality is changing and growing and we should be, we sh that should be celebrated by people, right? Moving from an ethnocentric way of seeing humanity, only my tribe is right, good or loved, to seeing all humanity as equal and as one, that's a good thing. Moving from a simple view of the world that thinks everything is black or white or right or wrong or good or bad, to a more complex view that allows for nuance and color and has the humility that allows itself to be surprised, that's a good thing. Moving from a homophobic view of people to, to, a, to a view of the world that allows you to unconditionally love LGBTQ people, that's a good thing, right? Growth and change are good things. But while growth is a good thing, being angry, judgmental, frustrated, or disgusted with those you see as not as evolved as you is not a good thing. Because remember, people look ahead with fear, but it's easy to look back with disdain. Your growth, yes, celebrate it, keep going, own it. It, it gets, it, it, this never stops, it continues. But being a person who's angry, oppositional, and constantly has an energy that's against people that you look back and argue with, that isn't a good thing. That's why this whole thing is about growing into the future without being angry at the past. Now, I have many stories like this and many people I can think of, but there's been so many instances the past 10 to 15 years where there's people I know in my life who are growing and changing and their view of Jesus is evolving. Their view of God is evolving. Their view of humanity is changing. And as I see them do that, I agree with the conclusions they're coming to more. 
I applaud and celebrate the direction they're going because I think they're moving into a future. I think they're moving into a better way of viewing the world. Sometimes we go to the same grad schools. We might go to different grad schools. They don't go to grad school. They're just changing. I celebrate all of their growth. But when I see them engage with people online or in person, I'm like, I so often I sit back and I think to myself, I agree with the conclusions you're coming to, but you just keep coming off as oppositional and angry and antagonistic and really just you're, you just come off like a jerk. See, I look at them and I say, I agree with the content of what you're saying, but the energy with which you are saying it is not the energy of love. It's like, yes, I see the article you posted and I, I tend to agree with the conclusions, but you're always just coming down on people. Your whole energy is angry. Your whole energy is oppositional and it's not the kind of love that is building up the future. It's one that just angrily looks back and wants to keep yelling at the past. And yes, critique is necessary, but you can tell when the energy energy is oppositional and it's just like, I'm like, I agree with you and I'm annoyed or don't want to keep seeing your post. Because here's the thing. You can say the right thing and still not be liberated by love. Right? A person can say the right thing, but that does not mean they're doing so from a place of love. Their view of reality and humanity is more complex and evolved, but that doesn't mean they're any more free. I see the oppositional, the against, the antagonistic, the condescending, or just the openly disgusted with work with people who don't agree with them. And I'm like, that's not what love and freedom looks like. You can be woke and still be dogmatic and still be fundamentalist and still be driven by anger and the need to be against. Now, there's a disclaimer for like, we look ahead with fear. We talked about that. And I said, if we grow, it's easy to look back with disdain. Here's my disclaimer. This has nothing to do with not speaking the truth. This has nothing to do with sugarcoating our words as we call out evil and injustice. And this is not at all about domesticating that wild truth-telling spirit within us when we speak out against corrupt forms of power or injustice. This is actually about the people speaking that truth, which are so many people I care about deeply, not losing their own soul along the way. It's about not losing your joy along the way. It's about not losing your peace along the way. It's about not losing your ability to be present while you are speaking those critical truths in our world. You keep moving forward and keep speaking truth. And there's a way to do that without being angry and staying upset or frustrated all the time. So the question is, how do we grow without being angry? Because I believe the way of Jesus says we can keep growing and expanding without looking back at those we disagree with in disgust or anger or with contempt. Or I would also say it like this. You can keep evolving toward the universal Christ and still be as loving as the personal Jesus. Come on. 
you can keep evolving toward the universal Christ and still be as loving as the personal Jesus. Here is the one critical idea I would introduce to talk about how do we grow without being angry. And it's this idea of transcending and including, or some might say negating and preserving. Now, this phrase transcending and including has become more popular the past five years. Now, for people who pay attention to this, this is not a phrase or an idea that comes from Rob Bell, although, although you may have heard him talk about it. It's not a phrase or idea that comes originally from Richard Rohr, although you may have heard him talk about it before. But the idea, at least from my perspective, or at least from my understanding, originates from, or at least is first most talked about in depth from a man named Ken Wilber. We won't get into who, Ken Wilber is an integral philosopher. That's a whole nother conversation. But it's this idea of transcending and including. Now, this process of transcending and including is how the actual structure for our universe unfolds, for how growth happens and for how everything changes in the world. From subatomic particles to the complexity of the universe as a whole, this process of transcending and including is how life expands. So think about it like this. Molecules transcend and include atoms. Cells transcend and include molecules. Organisms transcend and include cells. Families and relationships transcend and include organisms. Communities transcend and include families and relationships until we follow all of this unfolding of this process to ecosystems, to the biosphere, and to the universe as a whole. These stages in the unfolding of the universe build upon the previous steps in practical ways, which means a stage cannot be skipped. Atoms cannot skip over molecules and start forming cells. No, molecules have to transcend and include atoms, so then, so then cells can transcend and include molecules. Each step of our expanding universe is required for the next step to come into a place. Now, this might seem boring or irrelevant, and I'll be honest, I stopped paying attention to science class when I was in fifth grade. I never, the last thing I remember about science in fifth grade was when we were like dissecting a frog or a fish and I put it in my mouth because I'm an idiot and I definitely wanted attention in that moment. And even, I never even took biology in high school. Because our school put all of the quote-unquote at-risk at youth and stoners in the same math and science classes with the with a track coach. That way we could all go into class and eat chips and put our heads down together for an hour. But this is actually really important, this process of transcending and including. Because it shows us a way to keep growing without staying angry. So what it means to transcend. Transcending simply means you evolve. To transcend means you move beyond where you were. To transcend means you disidentify with the previous stage of life and a view of reality that you had. So you used to see the world like this, 
And now you see, like, it used to be an ethnocentric worldview. Only our tribe is loved by God. Into a, say, world-centric worldview. All of humanity is equally loved by God. That's a good thing. Or I grew up thinking gay people weren't going to be as loved by God. Now I see that all people are as loved by God. You're moving from one step or stage of seeing reality to the next. So to transcend simply means to move beyond where you were. And I would say this for a lot of people who tend to get stuck in the same place for a long time. Too many people treat temporary settlements as permanent housing. Too many people treat temporary settlements as permanent housing. Yes, I used to view reality and people and life like that at 22. But I don't anymore because I'm 35. But there's a lot of people, professors, pastors, clergy, religious people, whoever it is, who I saw the world the same way at 22 as they did. But at 35 now, I don't see it like that because I feel like I've grown and changed since then. But they still see reality exactly the same. And see, for me, what was a temporary settlement on my journey up the mountain, they saw as permanent housing where they built a foundation and decided to stay forever. So in that moment, that per uh, there's people who aren't transcending. Now, here's the critical part for not being angry, and I think for a lot of the listeners. The issue oftentimes is not transcending and growing. The issue is not knowing what it means to include so to, after you grow and evolve, you imagine a staircase, you take a step ahead. Now, what it means to include, including is, is the ability to integrate the previous stages of your journey. You include the best parts of each step of your faith in life. It's to know that the place you were four years ago wasn't bad. You just weren't meant to stay there. Including means you don't have to hate that previous stage or the people who are still there. You just have to be grateful for where you are going. Because we know, and also it's about, including is about coming to terms with the fact that not everybody is going to come with you. Some, that, that's actually a good phrase, like a mantra to just keep in your mind. Sometimes if you're growing and you're fighting for the future and you feel like you're fighting for progress and you're trying to get other people to see and they're not, and now you're frustrated, angry, don't even know if you can talk to them anymore, it's important to remember, not everybody's coming with me. Not everybody's going where I'm going. Not everybody's going to see what I see. Not everybody's going to care about what I care about. Not everybody's going to change in the same way I've changed. You're transcending, growing, evolving. Your view of God's changing. That's a good thing. Your view of Christ is changing. That's a good thing. But we also have to accept and come to terms with the reality that not everybody is coming with us. And the including part means all of the steps we were on before, we don't have to look back 
in disgust or disdain with those steps or with the people who are there because we needed that step in order to keep moving forward into where we were going. Like I'm on step 23. I don't have to look at step 18 and be angry at the people who are there or be angry at the fact I was there. I needed to be there to get to step 19, which enabled me to get to step 20, which now has enabled me to keep going. Like here's an interesting story. When I moved to Hawaii in 2003, I just had this radical sort of spontaneous awakening moment with God while I was on mushrooms, changed my life forever. I came out to Hawaii to be with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, but also to respond to this calling and this voice and this relationship I had with God. And I went to church, like besides going to mass as a kid, I went to church for the first time in my life when I was here. And there was the first preacher I ever heard out here was this, he's a pastor of, of big churches out here. He's like one of the most gifted communicators and preachers I've ever heard. I mean, he was spellbinding. I would sit there and just be in awe of where, I didn't know it because of where he got this stuff from. I didn't know anything about commentaries or research. I'm like, how does he know this? How did he know that detail about Greco-Roman culture and how they had dinner and how that made sense here? Blow my mind every time. So at that point, I was 20 years old, right? That guy helped me grow so much, helped me change, helped me be solid in where I was at, helped me give language for where I was at, right? This guy contributed to so many essential steps of my growth. 15 years later, at 35, I can look back at some of those same sermons that I heard and not only would they not really speak to me or help me grow now, I would actually disagree with a lot of the conclusions he was coming to as I was listening to those sermons. So think about, think about how fascinating that is. When I was 20, let's say those sermons helped me move from step four to five to six. And I needed those sermons to grow from step four to five. I needed his voice and his contribution to move from step five to six. But now at age 35, not only am I not listening to what he's saying, but I would actually disagree with the conclusions he came to 15 years ago. And yet those were the very things I needed to hear to help me move forward, which, which ultimately enabled me to be where I am today. I don't look back at him with anger or disdain or contempt because how can he still think those things today? How can he still say those things when I might see some of those things as socially dangerous or some of his views as somewhat narrow? No, I'm grateful for his contribution because he contributed to my journey. And I'm also not angry with myself that I used to think like that. I think that's one of the reasons actually why we look back at certain stages of our journey with anger or contempt or frustration. It's like I'm frustrated with my brother or my mom or my old friend or a person I grew up with because they still think like that. 
right? A part of us thinks, how can they still be there? How can they still think like that? How can they still have, how can they still believe that about God? Are you kidding me? And when I, when I talk to people, what so often what I see is they're angry and frustrated and have a hard time forgiving those people for where they are because they're really angry and frustrated and have a hard time forgiving themselves because of the fact they used to think like that. And they probably hurt some people with those views or they probably cut some people out of their life because at that point, that's what they thought they were supposed to do. But we don't, if we're transcending and including, we can grow and acknowledge the good things the contributions we got at that stage and also let go of the other parts of that stage that we no longer need. We're transcending, but we're including. We can look back and be grateful for the things people gave us and for what that step did for us, even as we keep growing. So there's people who are stuck and fearful and they're not transcending. Then there's people who are growing but they're still bothered, frustrated, and angry and are not including. And it doesn't have to be this wide either or. We can grow and we can also not be angry because we can look back and see how every step along the way was essential for our journey. And we don't have to judge people who are still there because the truth is, is that they are doing their best to survive and feel grounded and feel safe in this world. They may not be going where you're going. And you can be honest about your disagreements. But we don't have to judge them or be angry with them or be frustrated with them. Because one, that was an essential step in our journey. And two, they're doing their best to feel safe in a world that that's, can be very difficult to do so. Now I want to share one more story and then just a couple concluding thoughts. When I was getting into grad school when I was 24, a good friend of mine's older brother called me up and we were, we knew each other well, we weren't super close. And I was, I was getting into a seminary. So it's a grad school where you study theology. And a friend of mine's brother called me basically expressing his concerns about the school I was going to. Because from his perspective and from the perspective of the culture and the school and the churches he was a part of, my school was seen as progressive or liberal or maybe even dangerous, right? Remember, we look ahead with fear, right? Where we, it's, it's dangerous. You're going off a course. So he called me to express some of those concerns. And as we were talking, I essentially explained to him, I know exactly why I'm going to this school. I understand the culture of the school you went to. I happen to view things different, view the world differently. I'm going to this school. Here's why I'm going there. It wasn't an argument at all. And as we ended the conversation, I told him, I said, you know what? I know because I'm your little brother's best friend that, that you see me as a little brother. And I said, and I really appreciate you calling me and checking up on me because I know it's motivated by a genuine love and care for me. We hung up. We're still cool to this day. It is what it is. But here's the, here's the fascinating thing about that story. I, even though I disagreed 
with a lot of the conclusions this guy came to about how we view God, the Bible, the church, or whatever, I know it was love that was motivating him to check up on me. Now, granted, I I think, you know, as you look ahead with fear, I don't think that was necessary, but I know this guy's a great guy and he was actually just looking out for me. So to me, I could, even though from my perspective, I was transcending and moving beyond some of the culture that he was more comfortable in or like the schools he had been a part of. I saw the school I was going to as taking steps into the future. I didn't look back at where he was with anger or frustration. I didn't, because I I used to think exactly like that in the school. And I didn't have to be, oh, why doesn't he see things the way I do? How could he still view reality like that? Look at him, he's criticizing me for going to the school. No, based on how he sees the world, that's the loving thing he's doing. And I can respectfully, I can own my journey of where I'm going, accept him where he is on his, and still respect the full humanity and dignity and quality of the character he has. See, here's why I'm saying all of this. This is actually about the people, this is, this is about the people who are speaking that new and beautiful and exciting truth in this world. And it's about all of you not losing your soul, not losing your joy, not losing your peace, not losing your ability to be present while you are on this exciting journey to the future. It's so easy to be angry all the time. It's so easy to be frustrated or disgusted with people who aren't going where you're going. And it doesn't have to be like that. You can own the fullness of the journey that God is leading you on without having that frustration and anger that's really just taking away from your own peace and your own joy. It's about not needing to hate judge, condemn, or shame people who have not grown in the same way you have grown. There's some people you love deeply and you used to respect a lot, maybe who were even mentors to you. And the truth is they're never going to change. They're never going to go on the journey you're on. And we can still respect, honor their legacy, honor the contribution they made to our lives without needing them to go where we're going in order to appreciate them. They're, they're not, there's certain people, they're not going where you're going. But they don't have to for you to be free. They don't have to for you to own your journey. And they don't have to for you to keep speaking the truth that you see. And they don't have to for you to still care about them and love them. It doesn't mean you condone everything they think, but you can still love them as a whole while disagreeing with parts of the whole that they carry and that they believe. You can still challenge how they see the world, wholeheartedly disagree with them, but still have the space in your heart through the process of including to see the image of God in them, to respect the dignity they have as human beings, and to still have a posture of love toward them. You can still grow into the future without being angry at the past.